Amen. What a blessing it is to be in this expository study period. Amen. 14th chapter of the Gospel of St. John. Reverend Perkins, bless you, my friend, and your entire family in Jesus' name. And mother with all those babies, bless you, bless you, bless you. Every person on the planet has the power to choose to believe in God. And every person on the planet has the power and the ability to accept Christ as Savior. Believers, we are influencers whether we like it or not. An influencer has the ability to affect the actions of others. And it's time that the body of Christ realizes before we go out and influence the world, we must start, first of all, at home. Say amen. We start at home by asking God to help change our attitudes. We start at home by asking God to work on our speech because all of us can speak a little kinder. Say amen. We start at home by asking God to work on our actions. And I hope that we all each week take it very serious when we're influencing for the kingdom. What a blessing it is because God could have chosen anyone. Get your hand out and say it. What a blessing to say this in his house. I'm going to say that in a few minutes. Put your hand on yourself. He could have chose anybody to say, but God chose me. Hallelujah. God chose us not to take it for granted, but to be an influencer for him. And I told you, you influence people by how you act and by what you say. This was the mission of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago. He wanted to influence the world to believe in God, but we also found out that he wants to influence the world to believe, Sister Latanya, in him. And as a Christian, as a believer, I love saying this each week, and people tell me, Pastor, keep on saying it. I'm going to keep saying it because God told me to. We are not going to compromise our beliefs just to fit in with the world's global agenda. Amen. Say amen. Somebody say, I'm going all the way. No, no, if you come on, say, I'm going all the way. We're not going to sit on the sidelines. We're going to continue to let our light shine for Almighty God. And I'm finding out every day you have to make it personal. Because sometimes if the people around you don't want to go, sometimes you got to travel by yourself. But I'm going all the way with God. To all maturing Christians, do not take your opportunities to plant seeds into your family, into your friends, and to your co-workers, don't take your opportunities for granted. Listen to pastor, because the seeds you plant today, I told you last week, they don't come up overnight. Sometimes it may take one year, two years, three years, just the need of five years, 10 years. But when you plant the seed, God has promised to bring forth increase. Now, I told you a few minutes ago, the, you already know this, Emmanuel Church. The Bible calls the devil a what? A liar. And the Bible also calls him the author, or you can even go a little further and say the creator of lies. 
But the Bible also says that God is not a man who even has the ability to lie. So if God said it, look at somebody, say, I believe it. That means it's not even optional. Wow. Thank you, Lord. If God said he'd bring forth a harvest, it will come. And sometimes we try to rush the process, Abraham and Sarah, but it will come. God does not want us to remain the same. He wants us to grow and to develop and to even transform our lives into the creation that he wants us to be, to the creation he designed us to be. And sometimes we try to fit a mold of what someone else wants us to be. And when you try to fit in a mold of what someone else think you ought to be, you would never live up to your full potential. Now do pastor a favor, point at somebody and say, get out of the box. Get out of the box. Because some people will put you in a box and expect you to stay there for 80 years. Each day, it should be our prayer that we should hear less noise, less thunder, and more of God's voice giving us direction. Here in the 14th chapter, I hope your Bibles are open. Here in our text, even though Jesus was facing death in a few days, the Bible shows us that he cared enough to make sure his followers were prepared for what was about to happen. The world would be changed forever. But I love how Jesus prepared his followers. And I want you to know today, it may seem like there's so much stuff going on in our world, but God has prepared the church. Some people forget that because they got so many things stacked up in front of God, but God has already prepared the church. Are you talking about the building pastor? No, I'm talking about the church. How do you think you're able to stand? Because God has prepared you. How do you think that COVID didn't wipe you out? Because God, I'm by myself, has prepared you. How do you think you can go in the hospital and get out? Because God has prepared you. Raise, somebody raise your hands. Say, thank you, Lord. You've already prepared me. That's why when, when something happens, that's why when I go to the doctor and I hear a report that's not pleasing, I don't freak out over it. I may have to process it. Come on with me. But I don't freak out over it because God has already prepared me. The Bible says, by the Lord's stripes, I'm not going to be. What? I'm already healed. God has prepared, hallelujah, I'm going somewhere today, 14th chapter, please look back, I have to back up to verse 1 just for a few minutes. The middle of verse 1, if you would please look at it, when Jesus says here, he says, you believe in God, but believe also in me. And in studying this lesson, I didn't get to get to it last week. 
the, the issue was many of the Jews, many of the disciples, many of the followers, they did believe in God. But like Sister read a few minutes ago, a lot of them were secret believers. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, you've been, here you are, you've been praying for the Messiah. <laughs> you've been believing for the Messiah. It's been prophesied that the Messiah would come one day. Then when the Messiah came, Sister B, nobody wanted to believe it. Jesus said, believe in God. Look at verse 1. He said, but believe also in me. Believe that I am the Messiah. Believe that I am the Son of God. Believe that I am bringing salvation to the earth. And most of all, Jesus said, believe that I am God. It is my prayer each day that we as maturing Christians would not just take this for granted. Jesus commanded us, look at verse 1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And man, when I started studying that a couple of weeks ago and, and saying it out loud, minister, the devil said, oh, okay. So you think you tough. <laughs> We're going to test how tough you really are. I got some witnesses over here. I said, Lord, I'm just going to trust what your word says, and I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. The devil threw everything at me, and this is old school, the kitchen sink. But you got to make up your mind where, where you at, Edab. Get your hands out, interactive service. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to stay here with God. I'm not going on the roller coaster. I'm not going to let my heart be troubled because I believe in God. Hallelujah. Even though things come up every day, challenges come up where the devil tries to worry you and stress you. I told you, get your hand out again. Everything we go through. See, I've been through some stuff, so pardon me and give me a minute. <laughs> I've had a very long week. Give me a minute. Pastor, aren't you done yet? No, I'm not done yet. Give me a minute. <laughs> but it's all necessary for my spiritual growth. If you never go through anything, how can you ever grow? Reading in a book, How to Get to St. Louis, is not the same as driving to St. Louis. It's my prayer that we don't just say, Lord, don't let my heart be troubled. It's my prayer that we start believing it. We don't hear ourselves speak enough. So today, you're going to hear what you really sound like. Get your hands out. Put your Bible down for a minute. I don't know if I've ever done this here. But good. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Wow, go the hands up. Do pastor a favor. Put your hands over your ears where you can hear yourself. Where you, I'm going somewhere. Some of you going to miss it. Not one hand. Try two hands. Because when you put both hands up to your ears, you are tuning out everything around you. Everybody around you. And we need to hear ourselves confess this. Lord. Louder. Lord. 
I am not going to allow my heart to be troubled. Now, there you go. When you say it, and it records in your mind, don't miss this, it records in your soul. But most of all, it's recorded in your spirit, and it's recorded in heaven. Not that we're not going to have trouble to come up, because you will. But when it comes up, it's not going to overwhelm you or overtake you because you've already calmed down your spirit. Wow. Chapter 14. Find verse 2. Pastor is reading from the Amplified Bible. Everyone please look at it. Verse 2. Jesus said, In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. There are many homes. Look at it in the Amplified. Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. For I am going away to prepare a place for you. Here in our text, Jesus says, look at it, circle it, underline it, highlight it if you can. Jesus says, in my father's house. Up until now, the father's house had always been referred to as the temple or the synagogue. The, earth, the earthly temple was seen as a symbol as the dwelling place of the Most High God. And this very building, I love saying this about Emmanuel Church, this very building, this is not called the concert hall. This is not called the music hall. This is not called J.C. Penney's. This is not called the bowling alley. Truly, this is not called the club. But this place that we gather every week is literally called the house. See, don't just think you're coming somewhere. Remind your spirit, I'm going to the house of God today. Things happen in the Father's house. What's in the Father's house? Look at your Bible. Jesus says there are many dwelling Places And I told you last week in my intro, this has always been a funeral message, but we'll find out today it's really not. It's for believers today. The emphasis is not on having separate compartments in heaven. But look at your Bible, it says, but it talks about the large abundance of many rooms. Jesus said many rooms for everyone who receives him as Savior. And that's the beautiful thing about the Lord. You still have an opportunity today, everyone listening, everyone in the sanctuary, if you've never accepted Christ, you have an opportunity today to make the Father's house your eternity. I love how Jesus calls it my Father's house. Everybody say, my Father's house. It's something special when you can say, my Father's house. Say amen. 
He's speaking of a place. Jesus says, I'm going away. And someday I'm going away, but I'm going to take you all to be with me. And I hope some of you appreciate this. Heaven is a real place. I'm waiting on the believers. I said, see, how can you believe in hell and not believe in heaven? Heaven is a real place. Uh, heaven is not within our solar system. Heaven is really not within our universe. The Hubble telescope, anybody heard of the Hubble before? The Hubble's been looking for heaven. Now they have what's called the James Webb Telescope that's supposed to look back 14 billion years when the universe first started, but they're really trying to find heaven. Heaven is a real place. Now I'm, I'm gonna give, I hope it don't blow your mind, but stay with me. Because in the Father's house, it's also called the land of no more. Somebody say no more. Because in the Father's house, there is no more pain. Oh, somebody I say amen. There, there's no more knee pains. There's no back pain. There's no migraines. There's no Arthur. And there's no Ritus. Amen. There is no more pain in the Father's house. Heaven is called a place of no more tears. How many of you spent days and nights crying over stuff in the past? Amen. How many of you ever been so hurt? Let me talk about myself. I'm not trying to project. But I've been so hurt about stuff, minister, I couldn't even speak. But tears were just dropping off my face. But every tear that falls off your face, God records every tear that you cry. And the Bible says that heaven is a place where you don't have to cry anymore. Somebody say amen. Heaven is a place of no more sorrow. Heaven is a place of no more stress. Everybody raise your hand and say, thank you, Lord. Heaven is a place of no more heartbreak. And I'm going to stay here for a minute. Listen, heartbreak is not easy to get over with. When something breaks your heart and someone breaks your heart, sometimes it's a process. But in heaven, there is no more heartbreak. And I say this for myself, man, heaven is a place, I don't know if anybody's going to be honest in here, where you don't have to take any more medicine. <laughs> Clap your hands. Because I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get tired of taking pills. I say, Lord, I don't want to take a pill for this and a pill for that and a pill for this. Heaven is a place of no more medicine. <sighs> Stay with me. Heaven is a place, when I was a child, Sister Petra, I used to have asthma, and we used to call it wheezing, but I guess they call it new stuff now. We used to call it wheezing. How many of you know wheezing is? Because you couldn't breathe. Well, in heaven, there's no such thing as wheezing because there's no oxygen in heaven. The angels are not flying around in the air. <laughs> 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 
process it. The Father's house is a place of no more pain, sorrow, sickness, disease, no more. Why is the Father's house full of no more? It's full of no more because everything is in heaven. Christ is in heaven and since we have been redeemed we don't have to deal with temporary things once we make it to the Father's house. I can hear people say to me all the time well Pastor White if heaven is such a wonderful place why don't you just cash your chips in? No why don't you cash your chips in? And why don't we just all just go on up to heaven? The reason we don't listen to pastor carefully is because God gave us life here on earth. If you were born here on earth and you're breathing oxygen right now, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And please hear me. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what path you've been on. If you repent and ask God to forgive you. Well, pastor, you don't know. My mom and daddy don't know what I did or what I used to do. Maybe your parents don't know. Maybe your husband doesn't know. Maybe your wife, she doesn't know. But God knows what all of us have done. And the Bible says repent and turn from your ways. And then we would hear from, from heaven. Or pastor, why don't we just leave this place and go on up to heaven? Because Jesus said, I go to do what? Prepare a place for you. And life is not always going to be easy, but if God gave us life, he wants us to live out this life to the best of our ability. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. In other words, hashtag believe. Believe when you can't see it. That's called faith. Believe when everything in front of you says it's impossible. That's called faith. Somebody reach up your hand and say, Father, I believe in you. Hallelujah. The Father's house is not a temporary place. The Father's house is not a tent or a tabernacle. The Bible teaches us that the Father's house is an actual place not made with human hands. The Father's house is a place that is eternal. There is no decay. There is no lack. And I've heard people say this throughout the years as I was growing up as a boy. I can't wait to get to heaven to get my mansion. That's not what the Bible says. In studying this lesson and knowing what the original Greek says, the Bible, the emphasis is not on the mansion. The emphasis is on the abundance that God has for his people. I've heard people say this throughout the years. Well, if I can just make it in. How many of you have heard that? If I can just make it in the pearly gates. If I can just sit somewhere up in heaven. That's not what it's all about. And we're still missing the point. Now this next statement I'm getting ready to make, it took me a while to process it. But through prayer, through study, and through revelation, I thank God for clarity and for enlightenment. In studying this 14th chapter, the Bible teaches us that everyone who dies 
and are blessed with the opportunity to go to heaven, despite of how you journeyed here on earth, all of us will receive the exact same greeting when we get to heaven. Every person will be greeted the same. So I start going down the list. I said, well, I'm sure when Martin Luther King made it to heaven, I'm sure there's probably a band playing. People were celebrating. God said, no. I said, well, I'm sure when Aretha Franklin, and I don't know why we say this, when Aretha Franklin made it to heaven, I'm sure she's singing in the heavenly choir. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. God doesn't need us to sing. The Bible says that God has angels with instruments built into them who makes all kind of humonious sounds that we've never heard before. So I was thinking, well, when Aretha Franklin made it in, I'm sure they told her, come on, girl. Come on up to the choir. You're still missing the point. Heaven is not a place that needs us. We need heaven. Let me mix it up a little. Somebody said, well, Pastor, Mother Teresa, she did all this wonderful work. Mother Teresa. Mo Mother Teresa. I I'm sure the band's going to be playing when you're walking in. And the Lord said, listen. Watch, Pastor. Please don't miss this. Even the homeless people that we pass on the streets, when they get to heaven, they're going to receive the same greeting. All of us who are children of the Most High God, we're all going to be welcome. There's not going to be any big eyes and little U's when we get to heaven. And the devil, I told you the devil's a liar. The devil said, don't talk about heaven because you'll make people sad. Well, if I talk about hell, that ought to make you real sad. When we actually get inside of heaven and we are standing or possibly kneeling before the throne of God individually, not collectively, we're not going to be called in front of God, well, Emmanuel Church, ticket number 218, all the members make your way to the front. doesn't work like that. Because then I can use the excuse, well, Lord, I would have, but Deacon Kelly... He was calling me every week, trying to worry me. No, the Bible says individually we'll be called before God. And that's when the power, don't miss this, the power of God kicks in. Because even though we all have the same greeting when we get to heaven, we will not all have the same rewards. God is called the just God the merciful God, the perfect God, and it is not just of God to reward someone who didn't even hardly try to live for him or reward someone who was a patriot to the kingdom. Say amen. So if you're not doing anything for God, get your finger out. Come on, you've been you blessed, blessed. Get your finger out. If you're not doing anything for God, shake your finger at somebody and say, do better. 
If you're not witnessing, if you're not letting your light shine, if you're not living for God the way you know you should, you've been off track. And I'm talking to a lot of you listening by radio. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. That does not work. God knows my heart. Yes, he knows your heart. But don't you know that what you do here on earth will affect your reward up in heaven? You are a supernatural being. You're not just flesh and bones. Your spirit is going to live on. And you don't want your spirit living on just getting by. Isn't God good? The Bible says, look at your Bible. Yes, there are mansions in heaven. There are large dwelling places with very, very large rooms. The house itself is an everlasting house. Here on earth, we rent apartments. We rent townhomes. We take out mortgages. Now with, with outrageous rates. But in heaven, there is no mortgage. In heaven, you don't have to pay rent. In heaven, there are no late charges. <laughs> In heaven, we'll be with God eternally. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price for us to go to heaven. It's already paid for. It's nothing you have to do but believe in God and believe also in Christ. Raise your hand, say, Lord, I believe. Look at what Jesus said in verse 2. Look at it carefully. Jesus said, I'm not a liar. I'm telling you the truth. Look at what he said. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. Throughout the Bible, the Lord has always told us the truth. And it's up to you and I to accept that his words are 100% true. And in the next few weeks, we're going to find out Jesus is going to say some things that's hard to take, but it is the truth. Many of the Jewish people, they believed in God, but they did not believe in Jesus. And here in the text, Jesus was trying to assure his followers in the upper room that don't worry, even though I'm going to prepare a place for you, trust me. You walk with me three and a half years. Why would you start doubting me now? Some of you have been walking with God a long time. Don't start doubting him now. The devil's just trying to pick at you because he can't have you. Shake your finger and say, you can't have me, Satan. And I tell these demons all the time, you can't have me, you can't have my family, get the hell out. Jesus, look at, look at verse 2. He says, I would not have told you. He said, I would have corrected you, but I didn't correct you because it was the truth. And as a maturing Christian, I'm finding this out every day, Brother Fred, you can't pick and choose what to believe in the Bible. Now, how many of you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? See your hand. Thank you. Put your hand down. Now, we know this here at Emmanuel Church. A lot of churches don't teach this because they don't have the revelation. How many of you believe that Jesus is God? Keep your hand up for a minute. Thank you. Thank you. I even see the young people. Bless you. Thank you. How many of you believe 
that Jesus actually healed people in the Bible 2,000 years ago. Put your hand down. I'm serious. Mother Carter, I love you. How many of you believe that Jesus can still heal you today? Some of y'all better stop playing. Some of y'all better get both hands up. You better stop playing with him. Thank you. Put your hands down. How many of you believe that Jesus fed people 2,000 years ago? Boy, you're going to preach for me. Come on up here, Reverend Fred Wiley. <laughs> How many of you believe and you know that the Lord will still feed you and make a way today? How many of you believed 2,000 years ago that Jesus healed the blind people? How many of you believe today that Jesus is still open up blind eyes spiritually? How many of you believe 2,000 years ago the Bible says Jesus cured or healed leprosy? How many of you believe the Bible? Brother D, I'm setting you up for next Sunday. How many of you believe today that Jesus can cure and heal cancer? Turn around and look at you. Jesus is still healing today. We can't pick and choose what to believe, what not to believe. We have to believe that the Bible is true. The Bible says that Jesus walked on water. How many of you believe it? Anybody in here ever walked on water? I want to see you and I want to hear your story. But one other man in the history of the world has walked on water and that was Peter. How many of you believe that Jesus raised people from the dead? And I know today that Jesus is still resurrecting dead spirits today. I've known people, listen to me, man, I'm going to be real with you. I've known people who were fighting with addiction, who were dead, who were dried up, who had no life on the inside of them. Oh, I can't go there. Yes, I can. Who will walk in the streets literally with no hope, and God has turned their lives around. How many of you know God can do anything? We must believe that God's words are true. Look at verse 2. Jesus said, I am going away to prepare a place for you. And I'm sure the disciples were sad. I'm sure they were upset because Jesus was talking about leaving them. And some of them said, Lord, how can you talk about leaving us and you've only been with us for over three years? But Jesus always has a plan for his followers. And there's never a time, I don't care what the devil says or what pops up unexpectedly. You know how it is? I'll talk about myself. Me and Brother Liston were talking this morning. My car has been in the shop, Deacon Slaughter, for eight weeks. Been in three different shops for eight weeks, and they're trying to get it fixed but they don't get it fixed, I still believe God is a way maker. His words are true. He's preparing a place for us. And no matter what happens, God has a plan already prepared for you. Say amen. They were sad. They were upset. 
But one thing they had to realize is that Jesus always looks out for me. Raise your hands all over the sanctuary. Everyone listening at home, raise your hand as you're home. No matter who's around you, if you're at the park, if you're at the car wash, raise your hands and just say, Lord, I thank you that you are always thinking about me. Somebody clap your hands. The Bible says here in this 14th chapter, Jesus is preparing a place for us. And I believe just what the Bible says. And we know that Jesus is God, that Christ was with God. We know this because in chapter 1, it says in the beginning was the what? Was the word. Nothing was made without Jesus. Now look how powerful God is. Look how God prepares things. Jesus said, I'm leaving you to prepare something better for you. Now look how God sets you up. And I want you to know today, all the mess you've been dealing with, all the stress, all the trials, all the tribulations, God is just setting you up. Process this. Jesus is a designer. But when he came to earth, what was his earthly father? Was he a tax collector? No. Was Joseph a fisherman? Say no. Was Joseph a cook? No. Was Joseph a horse tamer? No. Was Joseph a carpenter? So Joseph, his earthly father, just like his heavenly father, was a creator and a designer, and a builder. So why would Jesus not walk in the footsteps of his heavenly father, who's a creator, who's a designer, who is a builder? That's why Jesus could say, I go to prepare a place for you. And if Jesus prepares a place, man, that's permanent. Man, that's eternal. That's nothing that can decay when Jesus, that's a lot of love, that he thinks enough to want to prepare a place for me. Isn't God good? How awesome, how intentional is our God? God is a creator, and God allowed his son to come to earth and be raised by another creator. And in three years as Jesus was teaching, he was creating in the disciples a new way of living. Jesus is creating in us today a new way of living. When the world says hate, we're going to show love. When the world says punch back, fight back, you don't have to fight with these. You can fight with these. Or you can fight with these. Same man, church. Thank you, Lord. God is so powerful. God is so awesome that he, he has our destiny in his hand. And in studying this lesson, the Holy Spirit reminded me, said, you know, you've done the analogy of God and Joseph and Jesus, but look at your own analogy. I said, what do you mean my own analogy? He said, your grandfather, Reverend McKinley White, was a preacher. Your father, Bishop W.H. White was a preacher. 
He said, and look at you. You are a preacher, and that's three generations because I'm walking in my destiny. The things you're going through in your life, they're not to make you weaker. They are to make you stronger. When you hear a challenging report, it's not to break you down. It's to build you up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God has a preordained destiny for each one of his children. And it's time to start walking in it. And some people, I'll make it plain today, some people just go crazy because they're running from God. When you see people acting the way they're acting today, when you turn on the TV, when you check social media and hear about all this crazy stuff, it's because people are running from God. But there's an old saying, church, you can run. Ask Jonah. Jonah tried to hide. You can run. Put on a wig. You can run. Sit in the back of the restaurant. You can run. Go to the club and hide under the table. You can run. Oh, y'all quiet. But you cannot hide from God. Jesus telling his disciples, he says, I'm going back home to do what I've always done. I'm going back home to prepare a place for my followers. And, and don't just view this that Jesus was going to prepare a place for the disciples. He's preparing a place for all who believe and accept him as Savior. He wants us to take possession of happiness here on earth. Listen to me. God does not want you to be miserable. Stop saying, and this is to everybody listening, stop saying, I don't deserve to be happy. Yes, you do. Stop saying what you don't deserve. That's in the past. Start saying what God's word says. God says you deserve to be happy and joyful and blessed. Not just blessed, but the Bible says blessed beyond measure. Look at somebody say, I'm getting there. Come on, confess it out of your mouth. I'm getting there. I love how Bible, the Bible says that heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Heaven would be an unready place if we weren't prepared. I love the truth that heaven is a real place and there is nothing in this universe, there's nothing on this planet that's going to be as beautiful as the Father's house. There is majesty, beauty in the Father's house that we can't even imagine. Please stand to your feet. What God has allowed you to go through, lift your hands to heaven, your entire life, God is just preparing you for the wonderful things he has in store for you in 2022. It's so amazing to me how I've heard these past several months, pastor, even though we've been in the pandemic, God is a keeper. God is a healer. God is a way maker. Because before the pandemic, God was just preparing us and molding us to be the strong faith walkers 
that we are today. We walk by faith, Mother Riley, and not by sight. Same God, same God who sent his son to earth to redeem us back into his family. The same God is able today to forgive you and restore you to your rightful place. Remind your spirit today that God is with me. I will not let my heart be troubled. I believe in God. I believe also in Jesus. Lord, I believe you're preparing a place for me. But even here on earth, you prepare success. Hey, you prepared victory. Somebody say victory. You prepared healing. You prepared finances. You prepared everything to supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory. Father, we thank you today that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the wonderful things you have in store for us. We thank you. We receive your word, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands. I know you receive the word. Listen to Pastor. I'm very serious, man. Your best days are ahead of you. They're not behind you. Somebody reach up and say, Lord, I received my best days. The Bible says, our best days. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. May God keep you.